Welcome to A Magical Life, Health, Wealth and Weight Loss. I'm your host, Magic Barclay, Lead Practitioner at Holistic Natural Health Australia and number one best-selling author. In this podcast, I aim to give you practical tips on how to accelerate and sustain your health, increase your financial, spiritual and emotional wealth and to look at something that haunts many of us needlessly, weight loss. In some episodes, I'll have guests available to give you even more tips, but in others, the floor is yours. Drop us a line at A Magical Life Podcast on Facebook and let me know what you would like to know more about. Now, sit back and enjoy, because it is time for you to create and truly discover a magical life. Welcome back to A Magical Life. I'm your host, Magic Barclay, and I'm again joined today by Adam Berry. Adam Berry is known as the gym starter. Here's some little information about him. He attended hmm, Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry when he was 15. Wow. Well, let's ask more about that in a minute. He's performed at... He's performed at the National Theatre in London's West End. He's been on national TV and radio as an expert in fitness. He used to be a semi-professional soccer referee. He's a certified female fitness coach. He did three years of ballet at drama school. He's worked with the Knights of the Realm and Oscar winners. I could go on, but Adam, come on, tell us about all this fun stuff. Oh, I'm not sure we've got time, to be honest. But, yeah, that's me in a nutshell, I suppose. You have to explain the Hogwarts school. Come on, can't leave it there. Well, yeah, it's not a lie. I was in Gryffindor. I was an extra in Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Nice. Now, soccer referee. Yes. That's, uh, That's very different to three years of ballet, don't you think? It is. It is. So uh, to be fair, I suppose being a soccer referee was kind of what got me into being a personal trainer. I I, I have an interesting relationship with fitness. And basically, if someone wants to pay me, I'm an out of work actor. So if someone wants to pay me to do something, I'm more than likely to do it just to make a crust. So I figured I could get paid and get fit at the same time. It just seemed to make sense. So I've always loved sport. So I became and I was never good enough as a player to play. So in the UK, I managed to build up to sort of semi-professional status and I've managed to retain that. I then retired for a few years and now I've been back here in Australia for just about a year now and I've just started again. So I, I had my third game last night and um, yeah, it's all going very well. It's, it's a lot of fun, hard work, but a lot of fun. That's fantastic. Now, in our last episode, we asked our standard questions. In this episode, let's do something different. Let's explain from your point of view to the listeners just how building strength helps in body, mind, and soul? Good question. Well, there's a there's a famous phrase that relates to acting and building a play, building a, th- a work of art, basically. And it's from a guy called Sir Peter Hall. And he says, the first act of creativity is sweeping the floor. And that basically means that you need to always work from a blank canvas. You need to view yourself as a blank canvas. You need to engage with yourself as infinite possibility rather than rather than a makeup of I don't know past experience and, and every time you walk into a gym every time you you go to train every time you try and develop skill every time you try and build some strength 
you, you're kind of nearly always starting from a blank canvas. You are the sum of your parts, but mentally it can refresh you. It can recharge you. The bar doesn't know what you did last time. It only knows what you're going to do to it in the moment. And it's a great way of taking yourself out of all of your life and just pulling yourself into the present. And, and it can, you know, cleanse the mind just by being very much with yourself in the moment there and then. And it can very much, you know, cleanse the soul. It can be a, a nice space for you to work on. I just, I just think it's great. And I think when you start developing your physical body, I think your mind and your soul also start to develop. There's a, there's a very key and very scientific link between the way we view ourselves and the way we physically treat ourselves. And, and I think that's really the crux of it. Um, you know, with the, the rise in mental health issues and the, and the rise in, in, you know, all these pressures on us in terms of body image and stuff, I think there's a very key connection that a lot of people miss out on in terms of how to approach fitness and how to understand that that can really develop your mind and your body. And, and if you can get those two working well together, then your soul will naturally develop gratification. Very true. Now, in looking through your profile, you talk a lot about confidence. You said yes. at one point you were standing on stage in front of thousands of people, but you had no confidence. Probably. How did you overcome that problem? And how can you now apply those lessons to everyday life? Uh, well, part of it was I had no choice. So you're on stage. The thing is bigger than you are. That's one of the most important lessons to learn. A lot of people live in their own soap opera. Like we're, we're the lead character in our own soap opera all the time. And I think actually realizing that things are a lot bigger than you are takes a lot of pressure off your shoulders. And it, it allows you to find that objective view of yourself that actually means, you know, like you missed the workout. It's really not a bigger deal. Everything is so much bigger than you think it is. And, and when you can get that perspective on things, when you can kind of, I call it a wide angle lens, when you can take a wide angle lens on everything you're doing, you gain this perspective of the self that it diminishes the ego, which is something I've had to work very hard on in my life. And by diminishing the ego, you, you realize that what you view as a failure isn't a failure. It's part of natural life. What you view as a success is a success. And, and you can continue to build on that success, but that's not the epitome of what you've achieved. And like when I was on stage, like, you know, there's a thousand people sat there watching me. You have no choice. You have no choice but to crack on with it and to just get over yourself in many ways, which is, it sounds a bit terse to say, but when, you, when you're up against such a big force, you have, to, you have to understand that you have to trust yourself and you have to understand that all of the work you've put in, all of the preparation you've put in, all of the skill you have developed in the rehearsal room, in my own talent as an actor, in, in everything I've done and geared my life towards, you have to understand that that is within you. That power still exists with you and you can rely on it even when your brain is telling you that in that moment, you might not necessarily feel like it. And being able to revert back to your, your ability in that sense, your humanity and, and the power that we can have within ourselves, I think is a is a really good way in which you can get over that. The other thing as well is just, you know, live up to what you say you can live up to. I made a commitment to be on stage and I wasn't going to deny that commitment. I've made that commitment my entire life. 
I wasn't going to allow myself to get in the way of myself. And all of the work I'd done, it was a promise to myself. And I wasn't going to let myself down at the most crucial moment. And it sounds grandiose, like talking about it on stage and, and things like that. But it's true in life as well. Like if you're making a promise to yourself to eat five helpings of vegetables a day or drink three liters of water a day or get to bed and try and get seven hours of sleep a night, you'd be amazed that if you just start executing stuff like that on a regular basis, on a normal pattern of behavior, then your confidence will grow more and more because basically you're not, you're not letting yourself down. And our confidence gets diminished mostly when we let ourselves down. Now, you've also spoken in your bio about having no energy but having to try your best. I think a lot of people out there kind of fall into these pits of no energy and they they almost reach despair thinking, but how can I go on? So how did you get through that and do the best that you could? A good question. I think I realised that my best is good enough and no one's expecting more than my best. And, and I think also understanding that my best can be movable with who I am at any one time. So before this podcast call, I just had a call with one of my clients in London. And, you know, he's gone through some major changes in the last two months of his life. Like he's bought a house, he's getting ready for a wedding. He's sort of become a husband and a father pretty much overnight because he's kind of got a stepson now and, and he's now living with his fiance, soon to be wife. And, and he's trying to live up to the ideals of what he was able to do when he was more like a bachelor. And it's just not realistic. And so what his best is now is significantly different because of how much his circumstances and his life has changed. And, and understanding that basically comparison is the thief of joy. And depending on how I feel each day, as long as I can put my head on the pillow, there's a great phrase that I love that is, when you put your head on the pillow, um, courage doesn't always roar. Sometimes it's that little voice at the end of the day that says, I'll try again tomorrow. And as long as, you know, I'm always living in that manner, and as long as I'm living to my values and my ethics, and I'm, I'm trying to make sure each day I stand up for what I believe in, and I'm producing work that I can put my name to, and I can say, that was okay. I've, I've done my best for today in all of the circumstances that I was existing in today, then that is your best. That is only ever the definition of your best. The best isn't reaching the Olympics. Your best is making sure that what you're doing is driving you forward each and every day. And it's going, it's a movable beast. There's not one singular thing that will define your best. It's a constant moving judgment of, yeah, each and every 24 hour period, I suppose. So my final question, Adam, I really appreciate all your fantastic answers here. <laughs> Thank you. Very honest. This this guy is just, what you see is what you get, folks. <laughs> so you mentioned about not feeling good enough. Many people deal with what we call imposter syndrome. Yep. I'll never be good enough. I'll never know enough. I'll never have enough. How could anyone look at me or listen to me. So how do you suggest that people listening to this podcast get over that imposter syndrome and just know that where they're at today is a great place? I mean, yeah, great question. And and if by what you see is what you get, you mean a big-eared, big-nosed Englishman, then yeah, you're right. Um, but in terms of imposter syndrome, I've written a big blog on this as well that 
I think it ranks quite high when you search imposter syndrome on Google, which is lovely. I can't remember what I've written in it now. I wrote it a long time ago, but I've had imposter syndrome my entire life, you know, whether it's my physical body in terms of being in the fitness industry, whether it's my talent in terms of being at drama school. I got into drama school when I was 18, which is quite rare. And I didn't have much life skill. I didn't have much life knowledge and trying to, you know, perform Shakespearean tragedies without that much experience behind you is hard. Um, and, and I felt, I felt like an imposter for probably two, two and a half years there. Things that get you out of feeling like an imposter, is, it's probably different for everyone, but hard work is a good one. Um, making sure, you know, I think a lot of people hide behind the term imposter syndrome when they know they're not really doing what they're setting out to do. They're not doing enough to almost earn the right to have imposter syndrome. They're just thinking, oh, I've got imposter syndrome. It's this thing I've heard about. I, I can hide away. Like if, and, and, and the irony, the, like the dichotomy of that is, is the more, the harder you work, the less kind of imposter syndrome you get. But there's, there's this weird thing, things called a Dunning-Kruger effect. But the more you learn, the more you understand how little you know. Okay, so there's kind of like this, this drop off. And so the more we keep discovering, the more we keep driving ourselves to be better, there's always another level. You're always going to be never the best. And it comes back to my answer on the previous question. Like the more I've learned about, like when I first started, I used to think weight loss was as simple as a calorie deficit. And I'm not denying science. A calorie deficit is what is required in order to lose weight without a doubt. But what goes into, and, and I used to preach that, all you need is a calorie deficit, do this, do this, do this, get to a calorie deficit. And then like, as I've it worked with more people, as I've kept working, as I've kept learning, as I've kept experiencing, as I've kept investigating why this messaging of a calorie deficit isn't strong enough to help people actually change, I've learned how much more little I knew about what a calorie deficit is. And therefore I've gone away and I've learned all about everything else. I've learned about how somebody's economics plays into it. I've learned how somebody's genetics plays into it. I've learned how somebody's living space plays into it. I've learned how somebody's past trauma plays into it. I've learned how somebody's ability to be in a gym or not be in a gym plays into it. I've learned how people's, like everything about a human goes into a calorie deficit. And that in many ways makes me feel more insignificant in terms of my imposter syndrome because now I've got to become a psychologist. Now I've got to become a, a politician. Now I've got to become a everything else because all of these things are so out of my control as a personal trainer. And I think, but equally what happens when you investigate these things and equally what happens when you, you're willing to submit yourself to learning these things, you make yourself feel better you build inner confidence and when somebody comes at you with a problem and you go okay thank you i can take this problem and i can help harvey i can help take the pressure off you because of all of these reasons and what you're saying makes perfect sense to me because of this that and the other and suddenly you see somebody's face go from like real tense worry to absolute elation and kind of satisfaction and they feel like the pressure has been taken off them then you realize that you know all that imposter syndrome was worth suffering through because you've you've helped change somebody's life and or you've just you're not even helped change their life actually that's that's a fallacy you've just put out your hand and let them hold it um which is more important actually than changing their lives and and so i think you have to be willing to submit yourself to knowing that you're never going to know enough 
But that doesn't mean that what you have learned and what you have developed and what you do know doesn't make you good enough. It makes you exactly good enough. It makes you exactly the right person at the right time, at the right moment for the situation you're in. And then stepping into that situation, you have all of this past experience and knowledge that will help you navigate that situation. And then on the other side of that situation, you can review it, you can look at it, and you can learn from it. And for as long as you're always existing between those two things, all of your past experience and being willing to learn from the moment that you're existing in where your imposter syndrome is almost paralyzing you, then you'll be able to enter the next moment feeling a little bit more confident that you know how to navigate it. And I, I think that's really the best, the best message. And don't forget who you are and, and trust yourself as much as you can and just work bloody hard. Um, you know, you have imposter syndrome about stepping into a gym. That's fine. But the only thing that's going to get you over that is, is exposing yourself to that fear. Um, you know, fear is false expectation appearing real. And, and 90, something, there's a study out there, something like 80% of the things we worry about never actually exist. Like they never actually come true. And understanding that the chances of you hitting that 20% and it being as significant as you think it is, is so slim. Your imposter syndrome is only is almost a self-fulfilling prophecy rather than the truth of what's going to happen to you. Great answer. Loved Thank it. <laughs> now, folks, this was your episode 107 with Adam Berry. You can uh, go and follow his blog, have a chat to him, get some freebies at www.thegymstarter.com. Thank you so much, Adam, for your time. It was an absolute pleasure having a chat with you having me on it's been an absolute joy to be here it really has um and good luck with everything i hope it all goes well i hope lots of people respond and, and enjoy what we've had to say to each other thank you listeners as i said this was your episode 107 coming up in 108 we actually have a listener question now if you want to put a listener question in you've got something burning that you just need answered a burning question there's something you want to find more information about just pop over to facebook and type in at a magical life podcast and message us there and we will answer your question on the podcast for you so thank you again listeners go forth and create your magical life thanks for listening today please subscribe to hear future episodes leave a review and share this podcast you can follow us on facebook at a magical life podcast or at Holistic Natural Health Australia. That's holistic with a W. You can find us on Instagram at Holistic Natural Health or at www.holisticnaturalhealth.com.au. That's where you'll access all sorts of articles, freebies and more.